0: Welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm one of your podcast hosts, EJ, and joining me is Lori. Hello. This week is episode 16, which we're calling the Incongruent Mask. Just a friendly reminder that anything we discuss in this podcast is not to be used as a diagnosis or a replacement for conversations with your own doctors, therapists, psychologists, or other medical professionals. And I'm going to let Lori take it away because this was her kind of brainchild.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that you say that because T and I were talking, gosh, probably about a month back now. And she goes, Lori, maybe we should, you know, talk on the podcast about, you know, our lives being incongruent or, or congruent, what that looks like. And I was like, isn't that like a science term? (laughs) I'm like, I'm not sure I understand, you know, um, what you mean. And so we talked and, and I really, it's, well, first, I mean, okay, let's define incongruent. So when I say science thing, it's definitely the chemistry of melting and the other processes that are affected in the components and and how they differ. So, Erin, you actually had a really good example. What was your example?
0: Oh, well, for me, I, I know the word from math. Um, oh, right. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I, I love math and science. So growing, like I always knew the term congruent as in like math. So like, um, so in math, two numbers are incongruent when after being divided by the same number, there's a different remainder or okay. like um, like shapes are congruent when like a three by three s- square is congruent with a six by six square because it's exactly half the size. Whereas A six by 10 inch rectangle is not congruent with a three by three square because it's not exactly like double or triple the size. And and if you want to look at like where the word comes from, the Latin root incongruent is so in is meaning not and congruentum is where we get congruent and that means uh, suitable or agreeing. So when it's not agreeing or not suitable, that's when you get incongruence.
1: Oh, look at you using my favorite Latin! Oh, oh, yeah. oh! oh yeah. I'm so proud of you. I love you. Um, <laughs> I can so be taught. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love it. So, why are we talking about this when we've been talking about getting behind our masks and ourselves and being transparent? Like, how does this, how does this, you know, jive with that? <laughs> right, right. And so. Basically, in the, um, in the psychology world, there's this idea of self-concept. And what it's referring to is about how we think about or perceive ourselves. So we want to be aware of oneself and how, how we define that. And so there's... Um, There's three things in this. And when they're not congruent,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: then we're out of line. We're we're not complete. We're not balanced. We're not whole, right? So you could look at that math and science, right? We're melting. (laughs) So, which, you know, I think is funny because I talk a lot about, you know, yep, I'm just melting. My brain is melting. Or, you know, we talk about having a meltdown. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know. I think that that's what incongruency is within within us, within our lives, within our mental and emotional and spiritual and physical balance. Right. Mm-hmm. So, three things we have the perceived self. And that's that's how one we view ourselves. Then we have the value that we place on it, which is self worth, and then. You have what you really look like, what it really looks like to see yourself, your ideal self. So you have your perceived self, your self-worth, and your ideal self. And we as humans, we want to feel and experience, behave in ways which are consistent with our perceived self so that we can reflect what we would like to be our ideal self. And the closer those three are, the more consistent we are, and the higher our sense of self-worth. Does that make sense? I hope <laughs> it makes sense. So an example of incongruency within ourselves as patients or clients or people or humans, right, is that when we're not consistent in our in our mindset, so if we're not consistent in our mindset, then a person's words are not going to match up with how they're feeling and thinking. So, you know, it could be standing in the grocery store. We've used this one a lot. You know, you're, you're standing at the counter and someone says, So, how are you today? You've got, like, either a tear coming down your face or you're... Your face is, your body language speaks that you're angry, or frustrated, and the words come out of your mouth I'm fine, how are you? Uh, Okay. No, you're not. Hey. Your body is not matching up. A really popular example of this is if someone were at a funeral and they weren't able, they just were really struggling and they started laughing. And while they're crying, or instead of crying, right? Because we wouldn't normally think at a funeral that we would be laughing. That would be incongruent, right? But anyway, so that's the that's my examples of when when our actions, our feelings, aren't aligned with our actions. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to not be in line with. Well, I do. <laughs> I don't now, I'm desiring now to be congruent. I think that most of my life I felt because of the way that I was raised, the generation I grew up in, there were so many factors you know, going in um, to who I, who I became as a young adult. But that young adult was a person who ran away from everything hated confrontation, would avoid it like it was the plague, and really a person who hid their true feelings, never talked about anything too personal. Like, I would I would give you just enough information so that you felt like you were getting something, but never was I going to let you really deep inside. Because First of all, I didn't trust you with that information. And most of the time I was running away even from that. I didn't even know who I was because I'd just been burying it for so long. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, I was faking it till I made it, you know, so Mm -hmm. long that I realized I'd made it somewhere. I didn't know where. It was definitely with all of these masks on. So (laughs) as I began to peel those layers away and, kind of try to get behind my own mask, I realized that my actions weren't lining up with my feelings inside. And I began to kind of understand for the first time why I got that nickname of Pollyanna. I It used to kind of really offend me because I was like, what do you mean? Don't you think I'm happy? And I think intuitive people could actually perceive that maybe my words weren't really how I was feeling. I'm pretty good at it. I am a theater major. I, I can act, you know. And and I got really, really, really good. So the average person would just kind of let it go. But some of my inner circle really began to, to kind of question and be in a healthy way, in a loving way, not question or doubt me, but just really begin to lovingly question me and say, Lori. Is that how you really feel and I'm really glad that they did that because I don't think I'm remembering back to when I had my stroke. I don't having my friends sit beside my bedside and say to me, wow, Lori, I you don't love yourself. And I was like, yes, I and then I I realized he was right, you know, and Mm -hmm. I didn't love myself. I did. I didn't even know myself. Not really. Because I'd been hiding behind the masks and running so far. And so that's why T and I were talking about this. Because, you know, I'm going through bariatric surgery and counseling and, you know, I'm, I'm making all these healthy changes and doing these things. And I'm like, and, and she brought up this fact that previously my life was incongruent. But now... I'm moving toward congruency and that's in my mind kind of exciting so that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it because I felt like I know I'm not the only one out there you know and even if some of us it's not as deep and intense as mine was we still can easily get out of congruency you know so any thoughts on that? I mean,
0: I, when you brought the topic up to me, I was like, "Incongruence, what?" Like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a term I was familiar with, and outside of the math kind of the math world, but it makes sense. Like what you were saying, you know, it does make sense. Like we, you know, I think you mentioned it, or maybe I was just thinking, like, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk is different. You know, you're doing one thing, it, and it, to me, it's in a way like a hypocrite. You know, doing one thing, saying another. Um, teaching one thing and you know doing something else you know and i i don't i'm sure there are things like that like fall into this with me but i i'm pretty open as to what i am and you know what i'm doing and i don't know i just it wasn't something i thought like too much on like being different on the inside and outside because i think i've always done my best to not hide who i am like it's you know and especially because there's a you know, like visually there's no hiding what I look like. So I've tried to kind of always match that as in like, okay, I'm just going to own it, you know, own who I am. And, but there have been times and like, I was going through a lot when I graduated high school, I had no desire to be at graduation, like be at the ceremony. I was like, why do I have to go through this stupid, boring ceremony just to get my diploma, which I wasn't actually given that day because our school or our county, when we did it, they would give you just the folder. And then we'd have to go back to the school like the next day or whatever to pick up our diploma because they couldn't keep track of all of the, the, certificates up there so kids weren't getting the wrong one you know when they were handed it i was like i had no desire to be there but i had to put on this like happy face and just pretend like i was happy about being there but like so many times even during the ceremony like one of my friends got like that was sitting next to me she's really mad at me because of the way i was like oh, is this over when are we gonna be done because i just had no desire to be there and i think even that like that can start to build like in in the future and you know I struggle with depression and anxiety. So there's definitely times where, like, I feel like I like I don't want to be somewhere. I'm tired. I don't want to, like, be there. But then I, I smack on the, like, the happy face of, oh, yeah, I'm hanging in there. How you doing? You know, just trying to, like, I don't know, I guess put on a face, you know, be different. And I think that's just the whole general idea of putting on a mask. You know, we don't either we don't want to bother with it or we don't want to deal with it or we don't want people to think less of us. Right so we just kind of put on that facade yeah that goes back to
1: that um perceived self you know Mm -hmm. and the real self and the ideal self
0: you know and i you know and you were using the the explanation of like a funeral um i was thinking when people like everybody's like laughing about something but then somebody else is crying or vice versa like everybody's crying about something right um and then everybody you know somebody's laughing and you know that's it's but i also feel like it goes with like everybody deals with different traumas and things differently so sometimes it's not incongruent sometimes it's just the way they process um because i honestly there would be times where i probably would be the person laughing at the funeral because that the person that maybe passed away is somebody that we had good laughs and you know have humor in that instead of dwelling on the the
1: not so great. I don't know. Well definitely okay, so I definitely wanna I don't think laughter in a funeral is a bad thing. Sometimes we need a little um lightning, right? Mm-hmm. We need a little humor. We need I mean, it is a great coping mechanism, you know. Um laughter is a healing, soothing, even rejuvenating um exercise. Um I think what I was referring to more is when it comes out uncontrollably, and you know, you know when you like, like an outburst, or um, mm. and, and you almost can't control it, and then you're and you would be crying at the same time. So you're crying and laughing, and right, it's because your body, your mind, and heart are like you know, morning going through this stuff and then you're trying to put on this face and all of a sudden you're just uncontrollably laughing at something that wasn't even that funny or wasn't really, might not even be appropriate, right? Mm. And so, yeah, that's more what I'm referring to because I do believe humor can be an amazing healing thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which I know some people are, you know, thinking Lori's not the humor person, but I do like humor. I just, just, (laughs) (laughs) different than the average Joe, I guess. I don't like so silly just to be silly. Um, I'm a little more serious than that. Anyway, a little more. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. Um, Uh, (laughs) yeah I I don't know I yeah I so I I get what you're saying and I I I can see where it's definitely puts things into perspective you know makes you kind of think about it and I think it's not something that like once we fix it's it's always going to be you know better it's you know that it's something we're always going to have to struggle with too because every reaction every um situation is going to be a little different oh yes we're going to fluctuate oh yeah and, you know, especially around everybody, because every person that you meet, you know, one time you might have to put on that facade, the other time you might not have to. And then it's like, okay, well, what facade, like, what am I like? And so then it starts to give this like pieces of like self of of like, well, okay, well, which one is really me? Because sometimes right. you forget who is really
1: me. Well, and, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing tea in my head, because remember... Not all masks are bad, right? Right. And everyone fluctuates, as I said, right? Yep. There are situations where, that we regularly encounter, where it may not be wise or totally helpful to be congruent. You know, it might not be safe. It might, you know what I mean? I'm thinking about my second marriage, you know, and it was a very dangerous situation a lot mm. of times, right? If I had said or done exactly what I wanted or exactly how I was feeling, that would have put myself and my children in danger. Right. Right. So there are times I needed to be incongruent for safety purposes. Um, We've also talked about when we melt down in front of the butcher you know <laughs> the poor butcher yeah. is like i don't know what to do with all of that and i don't even know this person but i'm going to paste a smile on my face and tell them right. i'm listening and right mm-hmm. so we don't you know we want to try not to melt down in front of the the cashier or the butcher or, uh the mcdonald's drive through you know, teenager that's like, my gosh, there's this lady out here and what do I do with her? (laughs) Right, right. You're like, the heck just happened. Right, right. So so definitely we want to, you know, realize that not everything is bad. Sometimes Mm -hmm. being incongruent is a good thing. When we're healthy, I think the difference is that we recognize those things and we understand them and use them appropriately, you know. And... So this is a great time for us to kind of go into, okay, so what does life look like when you're congruent? When you're feeling and behaving in ways which are consistent with your perceived self, ideal self, right? How do we get that higher sense of self-worth, right? Again, in the psychology world, it's believed that when you're incongruent, ultimately, you feel bad, you feel out of sync. And that inside of us as humans, we have this innate drive to become more congruent. We want balance, right? Even if, like me, when in your childhood it wasn't supported, or in my second marriage where it wasn't safe, right? right. I still desire to be congruent.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, and, and I think You know, as I said, under the psychology terms, everyone does. It's part of the human condition, right? And there's this idea out there of self actualization. So, you know, you're visioning, envisioning things happening, right? What brings my body balance, right? We, Mm -hmm. we, or mindfulness, you know, I've really been working on mindfulness, thinking about what I eat, why I eat it. Is it healthy? You know, do I enjoy it? You know, or thinking about concepts of my time. Is this wasting my time or is this valuing and honoring my core values and beliefs? You know, and the fact that my calendar is going to reflect when I'm congruent with those things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'll be more balanced. I'll be more mindful and I will hopefully be at peace or us. Ultimately, right? I mean, the Bible okay. talks about it. There's this peace that passes the world's understanding.
0: Hmm. Isn't that a scripture?
1: Uh, um, yes. Philippians
0: four um, seven, maybe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Could be Philippians four seven. Yes. Um, I want contentment that Paul talks about. I want be comfortable in my own skin. You know. One of the things, um, you know, with bariatric surgery is I've been, I'm kind of in the middle here. I'm coming up on the, uh, the first year, one year of having my surgery and, you know, I'm what down 74 pounds and yeah. that's great, <laughs> yay, but for a while here, I can't lie, it, when I look in the mirror, when I put on the clothes, when I when I go to physically do something, my mind hasn't quite caught up to where I am physically. Or even the other night, uh, we were t- we were on um, in our uh, chronic illness group that we're part of. Um, Aaron, we mm. there was a lot of chat about make sure and let us know so we could go and help with babysitting my granddaughter, uh, helping helping my son and daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And guess what? It was so nice to know that people were there, but you want to know what was even more amazing is, and I didn't even get it to after the fact, is that I was there. I right. did those things. And just two years ago, even a year up from my stroke, I couldn't have done those things. I was babysitting, puppy sitting, you know, doing all this stuff. And, right. you know... Handling phone calls and you know all of these things all at one time, and mind you, it was a little overwhelming at points. I had to reach out, you know. I did. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, called you girls, and I'm like, okay, we should pray, and and I just need to share that I'm a little nervous, and you know, of course, nah. I was worried about my daughter-in-law who was really sick, and yeah, but I fed my granddaughter dinner, and we played games. I even got down on the floor for a few minutes, which two years ago I couldn't have done. So all of a sudden, when I go to reflect back on those things, I'm like, oh, I did all those things. But then, you know, when we're on, we're in our group chat and everybody was like, and I was like, wait, I didn't need all that physical help like I used to need, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I just, my mind and my body are not quite lined up and when i look at the clothes that i'm wearing or how i look i i went to uh to a hoa meeting you know and a couple of my neighbors thought it was new and then i moved in (laughs) which is you know it's kind of a cool thing you know i've a bariatric surgery you can lose your hair i was starting to lose some of my hair and i honestly i panicked and freaked out and so i cut it all off i had four braids of twelve inches a piece of how long my hair was, you know. And, you know, I cut those off and donated them. And you know, so now I look like Tinkerbell's grandmother, but you know, um, because you know, I'm getting older so, <laughs> so there's the gray in there. Um someone was asking me the other day, what color do you if you colored it? I'm like, I just wanna go silver. Can we just do silver? That that sounds good. I wanna do silver. I want to look like a pixie, (laughs) Um, you know, I just, but I do want to have some fun with it Mm. and I do want to laugh and cry and do all those things. Right. But I'm trying and, and that's what T was talking about. She goes, Lori, I think you need to start to embrace when you are congruent, when things are in balance and, and then seek out those times when you're not and try to figure out why you're not and what you would actually want, that desire, right? Rather than, um, you know, that ideal self. So I'm trying to figure out how to bring the real and the perceived and the ideal and get them in alignment. And so that's why I wanted to talk about this. Any, Any more thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, so like I've, I, I know there's times where I've been definitely like feeling different inside than I am acting outside. And I, you know, you, you brought up the weight and stuff. And I was thinking back, um, I've always said, and, you know, if I got down to like a specific weight, like anything less than that, I would like, I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine, I can't imagine myself being at the weight that my age and height say I should be at. Right, like that's I'm like that's in the hundred like the upper hundreds, and I'm like yeah no no I I would not look healthy if I was down that to that weight, and I I don't want to go down there, um, and I said you know so I said like I think I said two fifty I was like you know that's that's where I want to go, and and then the, the person that I was talking to me was actually the bariatric surgeon that they were trying to get me to you know do bariatric surgery, and I decided not to, but. He's like, oh, well, I think you should go less than 250. He's like, I think you can get down to 200. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 thank you. Um, (laughs) I think because I think for me mentally, I will be freaking out if I'm any less than like 250. Like, because I'll be too thin. And then it's, you know, because I know, I don't know, like I just and then everyone's like, oh, but you look so good. Oh, I was like, yeah, no. So I like for me it's everybody thinks I might I could get down there and I maybe I could, but I have no desire to. So then it's like trying to plaster on this, oh well thanks. I appreciate the, you know, the support that you think I can lose the weight and you know, so I'm but I'm like inside I'm like, Yeah, y'all are psycho. <laughs> so like, I have no I have no desire to Yes, I know I need to lose weight and I need to, and I know that every pound I lose is gonna be healthy for me. Yes. But I'm not going to get down there to where I look sickly. And I think that comes like mentally comes from my mom who, um, which again is something we learned in our environment and the people around us too. It's kind of like it trains us cause she was the same way. Like she didn't like it. She sat around 225 most of my, like my adult life. Mm-hmm. And then when she got sick and had the cancer, she did lose a lot of weight that second bout of cancer. And she hated looking at herself in the mirror Like she didn't even want to go into the bathroom because she didn't want to see herself in the mirror because she'd lost, she was down to like 165 pounds and she was like lost, you know, her cheeks were sunken in and stuff, but it was because she lost so much weight so quickly. Right. You know, so I know there's different factors in that, but I just, even all my life, my mom's saying like, I don't like what I look like when I get down to a certain weight. And, you know, I don't know. I just, to me, it doesn't seem healthy for my, you know, my body. So those are things I have
1: to wrangle with. Um, well, yes, those are all tied up with your relationship with your mother as well. And, you know, yeah. we could do a whole deep psychological dive into all of that. But, oh, yeah. You
0: know, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, just in general, like in congruence of, like, being in a, in, a, in a group setting and everybody feeling a certain way. And then I'm thinking, yeah, y'all are nuts, yeah. you know, because but it's like I, I'm afraid to say it because, you know, our, there's been times like we've had been like done a, a devotional through the singles ministry of the church and you're know, like, Oh, well, how do you feel about that? And I'm thinking, yeah, I got nothing from that, <laughs> you know? And, and then people, and they like, people are droning on for like 15 minutes about how good it was, how it was a great lesson. And I'm thinking, what, did I miss something? Cause I've been sitting here this whole time and I got nothing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and just think, like that. And, and it's like, Every lesson, you know, every devotional is not going to impact everybody the same way every time.
1: Right. You know, so just
0: thinking like I I, and, and it's not like even a judgy like feeling. It's just a like I, I got nothing like literally like I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like what nugget? There was no nuggets. In I'm there. like <laughs> he had a good quote. That was cool. Like cool. You know, <laughs> and then there's other lessons like. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is impactful. Oh, you know, and then I can partake. But then other times I'm like, I'm not going to say anything because if I say something, people are
1: going to be mad because I didn't
0: get anything out of it. You know,
1: I promise you nobody would be mad at you, but that is that whole process, right. Of, you know, and I know you and I've talked about this recently and I'm doing a lot of talking about it because I'm really trying to, to master it is faith over fear. You know, I'm trying really hard not to let my choices and my decisions and my daily life be driven by fears, by fears of rejection, fears of, you know, for my safety, fears. Oh, my gosh, so many fears, right? Um, We currently live in a world that is kind of drowning in fear right now. And (sighs) again, not said in a judgmental way, and we're not even going to go into political and and health conversations and oh my gosh there's so much we could do but i think one thing everybody is in agreement of is how divided and how negative our our culture climate is right now Mm -hmm. and i mean you would have to be living under a rock not to notice that right? right um even if you don't watch the news or, you know, pick up a newspaper or, you know, live in this world. <laughs> so we are constantly in the process, hopefully. <clears throat> Self-discovery is never-ending. So um, it, just, mm. it just is. Um, we There are values and rules and guidelines to live our lives by. And we may have an idea. Of what we value but often there's not much clarity behind it and that's what I've been trying to do is put some clarity behind these values um, and not just surfacey. you know I believe you know the sky is blue today well yeah the sky is blue today but why and why do I enjoy that or why do I not like that and you know what's driving me so that's that's what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of ways that I've been learning that we can help ourselves in our daily self-discovery, never-ending, right, mm-hmm. um, cycles. Um, we can, number one, keep an inspirational journal. So in this journal, you're going to write whatever inspires you, um, whatever encourages you. Uh, motivates you, whatever words you want to put in front of that, because that's a really good way to spend time with yourself and have more understanding of yourself. So you got to be honest, of course, in there. And, and I say that out loud because, you know, I would definitely, I mean, when you're younger, you even those of us who've been journaling since we were young, I've seen the progression in my journals, you know, when you're a kid, there's always that, you know, right. We have the locks on our journals, right. We don't want people to read it. Right. Even when I was younger, there was no way. I just knew somebody was going to read it. So my journals, when I was younger, reflect that I had a lot of fear and that I, because nowhere in there are you going to find much negativity even though that i was surrounded by it it was all going on i didn't you, those were secrets and you didn't talk about them and you didn't write about them and you didn't do any of that stuff <clears throat> whereas now sometimes i'll have a journal entry and i'm like wow where was i like i was all over the place and i wrote about this and i wrote about that and you know mm. um, I want it to be more authentic and honest and me and, and it is and, you know, I don't know if you're in a situation, God forbid, where it's not safe, then process it all out and then burn it,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: there you go. Because it's the, uh, it's the process of pen to paper, or you know, writing it physically down and that's how we process. It's, it's a very healthy way to process and learn how to understand yourself. So um, that's, that's one of the main things we can do. And then <clears throat> we wanna know our values. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a really powerful exercise to uncover your values. Because once you know what they are, Then you can prioritize them. And in your daily life, decisions will become easier once you know them. It'll almost become like um, second nature. Without even realizing it, you will subconsciously start to act more in line with your values. Your calendar is going to reflect that. Your... um, words are going to reflect that. Your actions are going to reflect that. It's just going to be this much more flowing circle, right? And then you want to walk the talk, Mm -hmm. right? And it's so funny because I think the phrase walk the talk can be almost overused a little bit, but...
0: I haven't heard that phrase before. I've heard walk the walk, talk the talk, but I've never heard it... Well. Okay, so walk
1: the talk. Because, okay, (laughs) it's just a shortened phrase of what you just said. But we want to walk the talk. Once we have a sense of an understanding of our true selves, our values, then we can set intention every day to live by the congruent thoughts. Right. So that's walking the talk. And when we do that, we get to find some balance, we get to find some peace, and we're in the pursuit of contentment, which is, I think, spiritual, it is emotional, it is physically, it is just a healthy way to be. Peace. Yes, it's a good thing. At least I hope so. That's what I'm trying for.
0: Yeah, You know, I was just going to kind of highlight or mention a couple of things. I know, like, you know, Lori was, you were talking about journaling. And it's so funny because for me, and I've shared this before, actual physical journaling does nothing for me. Like, I've tried so many times to pick up a journal and write in it and, like, share my thoughts. And the next thing I know, like, I'm writing a story, and so I've gotten to the point to realize the only way I can process is just to, like, write, and it's, so it doesn't have to be your feelings that you're writing. It can just be clearing your head, because I find that when I write, I clear my head, and things become more, um, or clearer, like, because the other stuff washes away, like, it makes like comes into like how I truly felt comes out more so than if I was just writing to write, because to me, I don't know, I guess I've always felt like for me, if I'm going to write something, it's going to be, got to be worthwhile to do it. I don't know. It's just me. So like, there are other ways to journal. Like some people can journal by physically handwriting. Others can journal by just typing it on their phone. Um, you know, so there's quite a few different ways that you can process. The point is that you do process, that you do take a moment to write down, talk about, think of, like, even if you have to sit in your living room by yourself and talk to yourself, like, even if, if that's the only way there to do go. it, do it. <clears throat> yep. Cause everybody's going to be different. You know, it's, you know, cause journaling isn't always going to be, you know, um, you know, my nutritionist, we um, I, the last appointment I had with her, she'd mentioned um, journaling and suggested, like, when I started getting cravings for certain things to journal about it. And, like, I've so many times I've thought, you yeah, know, I should probably pick up that journal. And even it's funny, like, even thinking, oh, I should probably pick up that journal kicks the craving. And, you know, and it's crazy because I, I made and published on Amazon Kindle, like, direct publishing, like, a journal for cravings that I printed out and I had sent to me. And I still haven't touched it Um, just because like, I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably pick up the journal. And then I just lose the train of thought and I go on to do something else. Um, And so sometimes it's just like training your mind, like just thinking I should start journaling. And then like, even just that trains your mind, like, okay, I need to
1: process this. Well, it's interesting that you said that because a lot of my journaling, um, um, comes in the form of uh letters because i like to write letters so i i'm either writing a letter to a friend or i'm writing a letter you know especially if i have something i need to process about sharing with them or Mm -hmm. i'm writing a letter to god sometimes i write a letter to myself you know and you and i are both writers um so i think that yeah i i'm glad that we kind of go into that because it's electronically may work better for you. You may Mm -hmm. audibly talk into something, you know, you, you may, whatever works for you. It's just getting your mind to go through these processes, because if you don't process them, you're never going to find that peacefulness, that contentment, because, Mm -hmm. and, and our actions aren't going to end up lining up with that. Because we haven't actually processed it. And without processing, it's kind of just a jumbled mess. Or right. it's an unrealistic um, showing of who we are. Yeah. So there you go.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, I appreciate what you said about um, knowing your values and prioritizing and stuff. Because I think a lot of times it's easy for us to just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of lose, like, we'll go with somebody else's priorities just because that's convenient for them and you don't want to cause waves and stuff. But at some point you have to kind of sit back and be like, okay, well, what are really my priorities? Like, is doing that today specifically, like, the priority or something else more important today? And this can be done on another day when we can get it, you know, get together or things like that. And, yeah. you know, I know we, we talked briefly about, like, you know, and sometimes knowing your priorities is even just knowing what your love language is, um, yep. you know, finding out, like, for me, it's quality time and um, physical touch. So sometimes a hug or just spending time with somebody is more important to me than receiving a gift.
1: Yeah. Like minor, mine um, quality time <coughs> and words of affirmation.
0: Mm hmm. Um, uh, Yeah. Yeah. So for, you know, for us giving us a gift, isn't necessarily like the end all, like,
1: no, you know, I mean, they're nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But no, they don't really move
0: me. Exactly. So like, and that's the thing, like, and that's good to know about the people in your life. Like, you know, I know Lori for her, it's quality time. So when she comes to visit her and I spending time sitting around playing cards, going on a road trip, that's cool for us because we're spending time together. We're having quality time. I'm not just like, she gets here, I'm handing her a gift. Here you go. And then, you know, like, oh, that's it. And then I got to go to work, you know? <laughs> right. I think I'd
1: cry. <laughs>
0: right. You know, but then on the other hand, Lori does know that, you know, like when she does come to visit, I sometimes do have to work. So we have to kind of work it around my schedule. And that's totally fine because she knows that. And, you know, yep.
1: <clears throat> and I value those moments. We get <clears throat> to, <throat> right. to do the quality time. It. it mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the, the idea behind quality mm-hmm. it's quality yep. it doesn't have to be long and for right it's that actually can get a little unhealthy right. and um border on obsessive <laughs> um <laughs> right but even if it's a five minute quality yep. listening or right. conversation that oh you know sharing with me Powerful thoughts, praying yeah. with me. Oh my gosh, I love it when when someone says, "Hey, you want to pray together?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, I like that. Let's do that." Mm-hmm. You know, I, it brings me peace and contentment, and right. and it, it's another way for me to to get that quality time. So,
0: yeah. amen. Yeah. And yeah, and, and I, you know I, know, I was giving you a hard time about the the phrase, the walk the walk, talk the talk thing, and <laughs> yes. um, it, it is true, and I think doing one thing and saying another is just is is you, you just you, you, that's got to align um, however you can get it you know and if that means pulling away from certain people in your life because it's of an influence that they give you that you don't want to have anymore you mean having healthy boundaries
1: is a yeah. thing yeah oh, exactly okay. sorry yeah. Said said and she sarcastically
0: <laughs> um yeah, I, but that's that's the thing, like, you know, this past couple of years has really brought out personalities in certain people, and, and it's like you have to decide, like, who you want to keep in your life, and it's not, or not, like, cut them out completely, but once you learn, like, their character, just figuring out, like, is that a characteristic you want to have in your life, you know, and, and, like, for me, like, I'm a Christian, but I'm also active in fandom communities does my reactions and actions within them correlate to my life as a Christian? Like, does my social media match up with who I am and how I want to be? I do my best to make that, you know, and, you know, make those equal. Yeah. And, and, and and that's the thing, like you're never going to be perfect. And I think that's the most thing. Uh, Amen. You know, you cannot be perfect. There's only one person. If you're a Christian that, you know Jesus is perfect. He's the perfect yep, example. Yeah, that's it. Um, so we will never be Jesus, but we can be like him. Um, we can be more like Jesus. Um, right. We're striving for right. the best of the best. We're training. You know, we're training, training daily. Yep. And and I think those are also important. Is to just to remember that your your walk is going to change throughout your life, and just. And it's okay to change your boundaries and your priorities, too. Um, <clears throat> you know, when you're younger, certain things might be more of a priority. But as you get older, you realize those aren't really a priority anymore or vice versa. Like things that weren't a priority when you were younger might become big priorities when you're older. Um, so it's all has to do with life stages you know, I do my best to show on, to be encouraging online because that's the kind of person I am. Like when somebody posts something, I say like, thank you for sharing that. Um, even if it's just like, hey, I, you know, just acknowledging it. Like I want to be encouraging. I want people to know that like when EJ talks to them, they're being sincere and not just putting on a show. Like that's me. Mm-hmm. And if that person online met me in person and I acted the same way, I wanted them to know like, oh, yeah, she's the same online as she is in person, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what's important is that we can get to a point in our lives where we share our boundaries and our priorities, and they align with what we're showing to the world, you yes, know? Yes. And, that, and that's what this whole discussion's been about, you know, is coming up and just realizing, you know, th- the masks we put on can make us feel one way inside and then act a different way on the outside, and that's when our masks... Cover up and hide things from us.
1: Right, and they're not healthy.
0: And they're not healthy. And and you know, like Lori said, you know earlier, T has reminded us. You know, some masks are not unhealthy. It's okay to have certain masks for protection and for other reasons. But in Polite the general, society, yeah, <laughs> you know, or professional boundaries. You know, like you're right? not going to go talk about your your personal problems at work. No. But, you know, and, and so there are masks and boundaries you have to put down. But, you know, even then, like, <clears throat> those change over time depending on your environment. So just remember that, you know, everything's kind of a learning process, a growing process, and things can change, and that's okay.
1: Amen. It is a daily intention of process. And so mm-hmm. I... My, uh, my counselor, I hear him speaking in my head, you know, um, I'm a self and clinically diagnosed perfectionist and um, it's one yeah. of those things I'm working on. And, um, you know, he's like, how many, I, I, I did in in one of our early conversations, I'm like, Every time you say that it's like nails on a chalkboard, you know. <laughs> and he's like, Oh my gosh, now I know exactly what to say every single time because I need to get you to right. get this concept that that failure is not bad, that that self-love is a real thing, you know, self-care, you know, all of these things. He goes, So I'm gonna keep
0: talking
1: right. about failure, and I'm gonna keep talking about forgiveness and grace and all these things so that you can get them for yourself. And that's, you know, for me, it's, it is a daily thing. I'm just, I am just a, a wandering soul trying to seek out that, that congruency, that, that contentment and peaceful life that, and again, even with peace, it doesn't mean that everything is perfect you still have obstacles, you still have growing learning opportunities. Um, And so, yep, these are the things that I am trying to be congruent with and find that, that mask, you know, that healthy whole mask where it all comes into alignment. So I think this has been a good, fun, deep, uh, little serious bit of conversation, but um, so maybe next time our podcast will be a little lighter.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it will. <laughs> we we seem to have some interesting ups and downs, but um, you know, I think it's good to have some fun and then some, you know, serious topics too.
1: You know. Oh, I I'm a girls just want to have fun. I yeah. We're gonna have to break out and dance one of these times and try to do it. You know. No. with
0: that we're celebrating one year of doing the podcast now you know this is so
1: exciting like
0: I don't remember like I remember when we started it was like is this gonna happen like are we gonna actually do this and then we did and it's like okay we're coming up to you know this is a year um since the first published of the episode so this is great yeah. Just a friendly reminder that anything discussed in this podcast is not to be used as a diagnosis or a replacement for conversations with your own doctors, therapists, psychologists, or other medical professionals. This episode is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Behind the Mask PC. If you don't use social media, you can email us at Behind the Mask PC at gmail.com. Feel free to review us on Anchor, leave feedback on the platform you listen to us on. Or message us through our social media or email because we'd love to hear what you think. If there's a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, feel free to message us and we'll see about making it happen. You can find EJ on Twitter and Instagram as EJ8302. And if you'd like to keep these episodes coming, you can also monetarily support us by visiting anchor.fm slash behindthemaskpc slash support. And on behalf of the ladies and myself, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time.